easy to take a step back and say, oh, wow, I'm really thankful I didn't go down that road with sin because I would have been married, you know, and how can I know what I like emotionally? How can I know what I like sexually? How can I, I I'm not, I'm not in that realm to, it's just been Sam. Hey everyone, this is Sarah Ng, and you are listening to The Breakup Evolution, a collection of real-life vignettes of how people move on from heartbreak, because matter-of-factly, breakups suck. They leave us flat on the floor crying insufferably, and in my case, even taking a same-day flight out of Chicago to never return. Each episode is a tale of one stranger sharing their breakup story, but more importantly, how they moved on and evolved from the relationship. This is about the aftermath, how we pick ourselves up after the end of being so close to someone for so long. Today on the show, I'm joined by Christian Nivola. Thank you for having me. Christian is a male model and actor newly arrived to New York City. Do you ever walk by someone and on the street and, you know, just see them and, man, they look so put together and surely, like, everything in their life must be perfect. Well, he kind of looks like one of those people. That's why I was surprised when he reached out to me online to say that he wanted to share his story about heartbreak. My name is Christian Novola. I grew up in New Jersey. And then afterwards, I wanted to get as far away from New Jersey as possible. Maybe it was because of the climate or, or things along those lines. But I moved to Florida. I went to school for four years in Florida, and I stayed down there for my master's degree. And then I moved to Colorado. And then I moved here on a pursuit of becoming an actor. I've had uh, previous commercials and TV shows that have um, gone public in Denver, where I used to live in Orlando, and I've I plateaued in those regards. So I moved out here. And if we could jump right into it, if you wouldn't mind telling me about your first relationship, your first romantic one. My first romantic relationship was, what would you say I should use names or should not? I it's guess it's you. just, just in case. user preference. I'm sure when it blows up, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh. just my mom will hear it probably. <laughs> Same. <laughs> um, okay. I fell in love with uh, my high school sweetheart, Kelsey, who lived right across the street from me. My stepmother would tutor her from time to time before I ever had a relationship with her. So I was, oh, uh, who's this? You know, c- coming over. And then I would watch her leave and she'd just walk right across the street. I was a senior and she was just a freshman in high school. So it was a very, very young love. But it was the first time I had fallen for anyone. All these emotions that are running through your brain and the endorphins are crazy because yeah. you're like oh this is cr- this is wild your brain's just telling me that this is everything like i know what it feels like now to to be in love i was like this is it i know i know i'm gonna go down to florida i'm gonna live my life down there but i still want to be in a relationship and she's this freshman in high school like she's has to be a sophomore or a junior a senior and eventually go on to college herself but the ignorance of kind of just thinking that everything was going to fall into place was kind of you know ignorant and it definitely put a perspective of the second I moved down there I I was like wow 
you know, I'm here by myself. I don't know anyone in college yet. I, I'm in love with this girl who's a couple thousand miles away, and what am I to do? So, I mean, long story short, obviously the distance got to us, and that was the first time I ever had a, a real, a real genuine heartbreak. Uh, and I, there were other things. Her friends contacted me, said you should probably, you know, kind of listen to what Kelsey's been doing. It's not probably not something that you would agree with. Essentially saying she's going behind my back and doing things like that I obviously wouldn't approve of and cheating and stuff. And it was something that I couldn't, I couldn't cope with. And I didn't have anyone to lean on because my family was up in New Jersey and I hadn't met anyone in college yet. So I was, I was pretty depressed. I was really depressed. I remember logging on Facebook and having to cover the front, cover the top of my Facebook page, my Facebook feed, because the algorithm said that I wanted to see Kelsey's status or Kelsey's pictures first. Mm -hmm. And I would cover it and I would scroll down. Afterwards, I, I had to go into the shower, the communal showers of my dorm room. So my room, my roommate wouldn't see me cry. <laughs> I would just, I had to cry somewhere and I just pretended like I was going to take a shower, but did you actually run the shower? Yeah, I did. Yeah. I had to. <laughs> Otherwise, I'd be a whimpering kid in, yeah. in the stalls. Mm -hmm. I couldn't talk to anyone about it, you know, from an emotional standpoint. It was just friends, surface level, like, oh, everything's fine, everything's good. But guys are different, you know. Everything's, everything's always fine or everything's always good, which is a stigma that shouldn't be existent. Guys have, just have to be super strong and... That's just not the case. <laughs> and that's right around the time that I took a philosophy class. And the philosophy class really opened my pers perspective of what it was like to just, I know it sounds cliche, but like be alive, kind of just embody. And in my 17-year-old self, I didn't know how to, how to cope. And I leaned on Professor Williams to kind of help me. And it opened my mind spiritually. With Professor Williams, what do you think it was that stood out to you and was it something immediate or? I think it was gradual at first I was kind of hesitant because I didn't know anything about the subject he wrote his own textbook and the textbook was almost looked like a coloring book to try to get the students to actually read it and look at it it was called the yellow book it was a fantastic book I still have it to this day but you turn the pages it's they're easy reads and it, it helps you get attached to it and it was kind of just like opening your mind what was it do you think that you learned about yourself at that time? I think I learned that, I really learned what love can do to someone. It was almost a sense of, okay, I'm this completely different person when I'm with Kelsey, and when I'm not with her, it feels like I don't have a purpose, and that's not something that's healthy because you wanna be apart from your partner and you don't wanna be attached to the hip magnets. But it really changed my entire perception of what it was like to, to be in a relationship because it was my first one, and I didn't really know how to cope with the breakup. But it kind of changed me in that I wasn't ready to jump back into a relationship. I was, it was time to focus on myself and my friends. We talk every now and again now. She's got another boyfriend, and we, we literally laugh at, at some of the stupid things that we, that we said we couldn't even believe that we had said them back when we were 17, and she was 14 at the time. It's crazy to vocalize that, but we'd say stuff like, oh, I can't wait to 
go to college and I can't wait till you go to college so we can get out and be together. Just crazy things that you wouldn't even you wouldn't even think about saying or that wouldn't even stand to hold up in actual reality. But it's great to have that relationship with someone where you can look back and be like, oh my God, we were so stupid and we were so dumb. It's fun to, it's fun to look back. I think there's something really nice about having that shared history with someone where you can recall it together, kind of like being with old friends and they have this recollection of your old self and they can like have testament to, oh, we've all changed and like, look, like you said, how stupid we were before. How stupid we were. But yeah. it's so funny because when you're in that mindset and when you're saying those things, it's, it's the purest form of authenticity because you know that that's the truth. You're like, I can't wait to graduate and marry you, which is crazy because you don't know this person. You're just in high school and, and I mean, that's just a testament to high school love or like young love because it's so blinding, right? This was probably from 2008 until 2009 when I went to college, so probably less. I think we dated for nine months, but the impact of her relationship has kind of guided me to now, you know, I, I still look back at some of the things that we went through and, and uh, it's a life lesson. You learn, you overcome, you take time to look away and realize that, okay, I can, I can pull this from this relationship, I can take this from this one and I can form what, what I want out of it, you know, pull the goods, leave the bads and then you, you kind of just continue. And it, it's crazy to, to talk about this, you know, I don't ever really, um, thank you for having me. <laughs> I really yeah, feel like this is cool to open up in this regard. It's always been, I've always held this in and never really talked about this to anyone. The next relationship I was in, which probably was, I'd say three years after Kelsey, this um, summer between junior year and senior year. Her name was Sam and that was the longest relationship I had which was two and a half years. Do you remember the first time that you saw her? I do. We were in the, at St. Leah University's cafeteria and she went to high school with one of my fraternity brothers, Baron. And I said, Baron, <laughs> I'm gonna need you to please introduce me to Sam. I didn't know her name at this point, but she was like, I, of course, man, of course I'll do it for you. And I was so nervous because she was the most beautiful girl on campus, so it was easy to just fumble over my words and not really get a, get a sentence out. What were some of the happiest times that you had? I have very, very fond memories of dating Sam. The beauty of this relationship was, was knowing that her and I didn't have much in common. Financially, spiritually, religiously, just... Um, growing up differently she was a country girl born and raised in Florida never had left the country I was well versed in traveling I brought her up to New York and it was a surprise so it was her birthday I blindfolded her and she didn't figure out we were at the airport until we were walking through the terminal and I made sure she didn't pack anything more than three ounces and when we, once we got to the gate it said New York City and she just started crying, and it was such a it, it was such a great feeling. It's like this is what I have for you. This is your birthday gift. Like let's go enjoy our weekend in the Big Apple. I took her to Wicked, the Broadway show, and we went up to the top of the Empire State Building. Just such cliche tourist New York stuff. Do you think that being able to show 
understand like these new experiences and kind of introducing her to other parts of life. Do you think that you also played that role in your first relationship? Or how was it different? Yes. So with Kelsey, it was... I was too young to to show her what I wanted. I was too young to really conceptualize what it was like to really treat someone. And our relationship was so immature that it was just mostly bickering and just high school drama. So I think after getting to college, settling down a little bit, meeting some friends and having more of a mature relationship, it was nicer to show Sam those things because she got a, she got more of an appreciation for it. Kelsey and I would go to the beach and stuff. We would do day trips, but it wasn't ever anything monumental like the New York City trip with Sam. I'll never forget. We were lying in bed one day together, and we were both silent. We knew that it was inevitable because she's a southern southern girl and automatically wants to jump right into a marriage. So I kind of backed off, and she backed off, and I remember both of us just crying like. It was so emotional because both of us knew that it had to happen, but we both didn't want to say, you know, goodbye. But there were times afterwards where we would meet up, go out to dinner, and just pretend like we were still in a relationship because it was comforting. And I think that's healthy too, instead of just cutting off cold turkey, being like, I'm never going to talk, like what Kelsey did to me. How did you know and when were you over Sam, if at any point? We went on a cruise, me and my three friends, to the Bahamas. That kind of just changed my perception of what it was like to be free and have fun and meet new people that were from all over the world and just kind of let go for a week. And I think that was probably the the first time I took a step back and I, I told myself that I was over Sam. So about a year, about a year of just thinking, what did I do? What did I do? What did I do? And then I went on this cruise and I was like, oh, that's what I did. Yeah. There was a time on the cruise, I looked in the mirror after a shower or something and I said, I think, I remember vocalizing. I said, I think you're over Sam now. It was just like a vocalization. And I think from that, from then on out, oh, it's over. It's done. Let, let's move on, Christian. And then I would just grab my friends and go to the dance floor and move on. I'm really thankful I didn't go down that road with Sam because I would have been married, you know, and how can I know what I like emotionally? How can I know what I like sexually? How can I, I, I'm not, I'm not in that realm to, it's just been Sam. Did you find during these breakups or in the last one, who, I know you said it was hard to talk to people sometimes, but was there anyone in particular that you could have conversations with about the breakups and what you're going through yes my two friends from Colorado Kevin and Evan they were the they were my go-to guys and I didn't have to be surface level with them we we would go on road trips to go snowboarding and we would say we would play the game truth or truth like you just have to you have to ask a question and then you have to answer it very truthfully and there's something there's something beautiful about that sitting in a car all facing forward and it's nice for men to not make direct eye contact because that that's also sometimes pretty hindering 
So if you're just looking out the window, I feel like you can talk forever and you know that they're going to be listening. Was there anything consistent on how you dealt or got over the br- those breakups? I'd say that music helped me a lot. And that is, that is the most cliche thing. <laughs> but it was friends and music I would listen to. I actually read a fact somewhere that said when you're depressed or when you're sad and you listen to sad music, it'll help you. But it's contrary yeah. to what you think. It's like you can almost sympathize or they're empathizing with you. And it's, it's nice to, to hear those words and be like, oh, well, someone else. It, and just conversations, just conversations with friends to try to get your mind off things. And there's some days I wake up and I'll think about Kelsey. I'll think about Sam. Yeah. I wish I could call all my exes after we broke up. But it wouldn't be fair to them or me if we talked for an hour or two hours because then all those feelings are brought back up to the surface. So I guess the past should stay dead. But that doesn't mean that they should be dead to you. I think Sam's married now, which is great because, you know, that's exactly what she wanted. Have you explored what dating's like in New York? Dating is kind of hard because I heard from someone that said, New York may be the busiest city in the world, but it's also the loneliest because no one's talking to you. No one's looking at you. And that's crazy. It's crazy to be that surrounded by that many people and never like the only talk to people who are serving you coffee or excuse me's or something along those lines until you get to your destination and then, and then you talk to everyone. And I, th- I found that hard because sometimes I don't have a destination. I'll just ride. I'll just ride the trains and figure out where I'm going, sightsee a little bit. And I'll come home like four hours later and be like, oh, wow, I didn't talk to anyone. <laughs> I was surrounded by people all day, but I didn't speak to anyone. And that's, that's crazy because in Colorado, it's, it's much more, you pass people on trails that you're hiking and stop for a conversation, see how far the summit is away, share water, very communal. And uh, yeah, you just don't have any of that here. So you just put your head down and walk and and that there's an allure to that for sure because you want to get uh, you want to get to where you're going and you want to do it as efficiently as possible but there's a vibe and energy with New York that I have a love-hate relationship with for sure I never would have seen myself in New York City I'm such a outdoors person but I came here because the market's here I signed a year lease and now I'm just taking it taking it on got new headshots I have a manager and an agent and there's something about the beauty of being on set and having the director call action that is unlike anything I've ever experienced before and if it's something that I can chase and do at least for the next couple months or years then I'm gonna try to be in front of the camera but who knows I guess time will tell on who I click with and I know I just know that a beautiful relationship will blossom from it because I have such high standards now and now it's like I I know I know what I want and sure that might be tomorrow but it might be next year it might be a couple couple years down the road and so be it and that's just the beauty of life like just learning from previous relationships and there's a smile on my face it's so amazing how time kind of just puts everything into perspective it's all unfolding right now. <laughs>